Kyle, I've got the solution to our dreary, dreary evenings. We can um, we can we can pop a little magic mind and Ooh. get a little pick me up and and still still go to sleep just enough to give us some some clarity of mind, uh, a, a little creativity, get the creative juices flowing. Maybe give you one or two before the podcast, you know, <laughs> to really focus you in. Uh, you you fall asleep during one podcast and all of a sudden that's your problem. Uh-huh. But yeah, absolutely. The worst thing you want to do is, you know, brew a pot of coffee at middle of the night right before a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Then you're up the entire evening. What you need is good, sustained energy, clarity of mind, not, you know, a jolt of caffeine that hurts yeah. your body and all these things. Absolutely. And uh, Magic Mind uh, does all that stuff and has that. Uh, okay. Matcha. I want to talk about matcha, Drew. Okay. All right. The the green vegetable matcha, that 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 buzzword, that superfood. I didn't think I'd like matcha. I uh-huh. am starting to like matcha, and that's one of the big key ingredients here is that that uh that lovely green superfood that has the benefits of all the uh, uh keeping you going. Yeah. And it uh yeah it it's cool stuff. It, it's pricey. Uh, mm-hmm. Matcha is. But they stick it in this uh, with with some great other ingredients, all natural stuff. Um, so, but you you can get it through us with our code. So we want you to check out this Magic Mind elixir. Check this out. It is go to MagicMind.co/slash/comicsfunprofit. And elixir really is the perfect word for it. It's a nice little elixir. It's very yes. cool. For sure. If you feel you want to try this out, go to magicmind.co slash comicsfunprofit and use our code. You can get um, 20% off uh, of an initial one-time purchase or up to 56% off of a subscription. So if this sounds good to you, go to magicmind.co slash comicsfunprofit and use our code CFP. You can get up to 50%, 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with the code CFP. Or you can just use that discount code CFP at magicmind.co slash comicsfunprofit to get 20% off a one-time purchase. Just to sample, dip your toe, check it out. Aloha! It's Jason from Hoi. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing comic book creator... Melissa Capriglione. Melissa, thank you very much for pronouncing your last name because <laughs> listeners know I butcher everybody's name. No yeah. worries. It's a so tough I, one. Thank you very much. Now, Melissa is here to promote her latest work, Basil and Oregano. Now, this graphic novel is from Dark Horse and is out in stores right now. Melissa, welcome to the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a little stormy here, but I'm good. No, but thank you very much. You know, thank you for your time today. Um, And, you know, I'm sorry about the bad weather that you're having there right now. Hopefully it's nothing too serious or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. It's just the dog. He doesn't like it. I'm going to say that's fine, too. If you're, Oh, what's your name of your dog? We should, have, you know, let me start off with that. His name is Kit. Ah, okay. All right. And I think we're going to... We, I know I have a question for you about um, about one of the pets or the familiars. Mm-hmm. In yeah, the yeah. So I'll ask you that when we get to that section. Now, 
I'm now listeners, I'm gonna go over some of Melissa's past works. Um, she's done a number of successful Kickstarters. One of them is called um Spirit, Pink Heart, and Falcon Falcon Harris. Am I I Falcon Hurst, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And then also too, you've also um you've also did print you're also a print illustrator for the Deadliest Bouquet. Um Deadliest Bouquet um was written by a friend of the show, Erica Schultz. And mm-hmm. I showed Melissa early before the interview that I have one of her prints and it's um the character Violet from the De- um from the Deadliest Bouquet. Did you do any of the other characters like Poppy and I think Rose are are the other two sisters? Yeah, I did a uh, Poppy and Rose, and uh, I believe uh, she also used it as a cover for like a little uh, print journal that they put in uh, rewards as well for the Kickstarter. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's really nice. And then also too, you you work you are also a colorist. You have worked on um, Future Girls issues two and three from Our Ledge Comics. And also mm-hmm. Dog Knight from Macmillan. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Melissa, do you want to add anything that I may have missed? Or do you want to point out something to the listeners that they should also check out as well? Um, Not at the moment. I'm, I currently have a lot of stuff in the works, but nothing to, uh, nothing to point out just yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Now, before we begin the interview, I want to give a big shout out to, uh, again, a friend of the podcast, Erica Schultz. Um, Erica had a hand in setting up this interview. So Erica, mahalo for your help. Melissa, I'm going to ask, do you want to add anything to that? Um, Not much. Just I'm excited to see Erica again at New York Comic Con this year. Oh, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, I did a, a pinup of um her recent series. Uh, what, what is it? The one that they just kickstarted. Cristobal? Yeah, Christabel. I did like a little pinup and they have it in the back of the book and she was going to give me a copy of the book for it. Oh, wait. All right, listeners, hang on. Give me a minute. Because <laughs> I have... Oh, now I can't find it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay, I know, listeners, you guys, I know this is an audio podcast. You guys can't see it, but Melissa can see behind me mm-hmm. my tons of comic boxes and books and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do find it, I have to check that out. I have to... Find your mm-hmm. print in the back. Okay. All right. Now, um, also, too, I got some information from Fan Fanbase Press Between the Panel Series. Now, this one was titled Cartoonist Overcoming Early Frustrations, Appreciating Colorist, and Making Her Puppy into a Comic Hero. Now, this was written by um, Kevin Sharp, and the article is dated on August 10th um, last year, 2022. Basically, it's almost a year, a year ago. Wow. Yes, I just realized that right now. Now, <laughs> listeners, if you guys get a chance, please check out that great interview. That's where I got some of my um, background information about Melissa. Now, Melissa, where can listeners follow you on social media? Um, it is uh, M. Capriglione Art um, on formerly Twitter, um, also Instagram and Tumblr, and I'm also on Blue Sky. Oh, okay. Also, um, would you like to go ahead and um, plug your website? Yes, uh, I do have a website. It's mcapriglione.art. That is my shop. And then I also have a uh, portfolio website called mcapriglioneart.weebly.com. All right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Now, Melissa, you know, um, for some of our listeners, like, um, what were some of your favorite um, series um, you, you read while growing up? Um, 
Well, for uh, manga especially, I didn't get into it until I was like in middle school. Mm-hmm. But um, that was around the time when Death Note was coming out. Okay. And I was an edgy little teenager, so I absolutely ate that up. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also really into Junji Ito back then when uh, Uzumaki was still coming out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, read the whole series or read some of his uh, short stories that he had out at the time. So I was a big fan from the beginning. Um, but I was definitely into more of like the edgy anime style stuff. I would pick up anything from our local library and pick it up. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Oh, but that's pretty cool. That is. Now, I'm going to ask, like, how did you get started in comics? Like, what drew you to become an artist, colorist? Um, Initially, I, it came from reading, you know, the Sunday comics on, in the newspaper. I It wasn't necessarily that format that I was very, like, the, you know, comedy format that I was interested in. But it was more so just, like, being able to tell a story within a square using characters and bubbles. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely fascinated me just like as a concept, like I could tell any kind of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have difficulty getting into like regular comics because at the time, you know, there was a lot of, it, it, it was very superhero saturated. It was very marketed towards like, you know, boys and, you know, yes. older audiences. So like as, you know, a young child, I, I didn't find that very interesting at all. But um, mm-hmm. nowadays, I think it's really great that there's a whole different kind of market that, yes. as, like me as a kid, could have read back in that time. And that would have been amazing. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. And then um, off the cuff question. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. But like, you know, while you're like, what? Like, when was this? Was this like in the 90s or early 2000s when you're growing up regarding comics? Um, well, I was born in 95, so about, yeah, as soon as I could, like, draw and read, I was interested in comics as a format. But yes, I was going to say, yeah, back in the 2000s, yes, it was, yeah, it was, I, I understand because it was just more superhero stuff. It was just, mm-hmm. I think there are, I'm joking on this part, but yet I'm serious, there are probably, like, 10 different Spider-Man um, series. um mm-hmm. 12 superman series and so forth yep so like i said i i understand (laughs) and like nowadays i've gotten a lot more into superhero stuff like uh spider-verse i absolutely love spider-verse um and and like a lot of they do have more like young adult type uh superhero stuff that doesn't require like having to read thousands of issues beforehand to understand the story yes Mm -hmm. so um I, i really enjoy like that kind of movement in the comic in the comic industry yeah, oh yes that i'm gonna say that that i understand um yeah no like i said i i really understand um just real briefly because like even in the 90s um because back in the mid 80s um the um claremont burn x-men run was great read it um i think i kind of fell off the x-men close to the when it hit issue 200 try to get back into the x-men in the 1990s and i was like i have no idea what's going on <laughs> you know it, it was yeah <laughs> it really was mm-hmm. so but yeah so yeah I, I do love how like it's more accessible now like you can watch a movie or pick up a book and you know you can kind of understand like the backstory of it without having to go back tens thousands of years so yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks melissa yeah no i i <laughs> too old until you said in the timelines in the timelines (laughs) or a thousand years of the future (laughs) (laughs) yes right (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. Or a thousand, a thousand years timeline in the future. I, I love that. All right. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me get back on track. So yeah, how did you feel? Um, yeah. So um, now I'm going to ask you, like, um, how did you feel when you when you saw your name um, on a comic book, whether it was a digital format or a hard copy? How did you feel when you saw that? I know for basil and oregano specifically, it was like my first, like my own thing because I, I, I did a, you mentioned Falconhurst earlier. That's my web comic. Yes. Um, I worked on that since about 2016 and I had a co-author mm-hmm. and it was a, an extremely fun project and it's kind of been on hiatus for a while, but um, I having basil and oregano as like my thing that I wrote that I draw. Yes. And um, having that like in my hands as like a physical book, like yes. it felt very surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got a big giant shipment of books from Dark Horse about a month before the release. Nice. And I just kind of like sat there and just like picked up all the books and was like, I made this. Oh, so nice. it was, de- it's definitely surreal. It definitely doesn't feel real at first, especially, but um, I've definitely gotten more used to it over the years of doing like my own art print. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done like shorter uh shorter projects um zines and stuff so mm-hmm. it's, that is so nice thank thank you very much for sharing that thank you yeah all right now let's just jump into perfect segue let's just jump into basil <laughs> and oregano now yeah for listeners what is the story about um so it's about uh two girls who attend a magical cooking school and they end up falling in love mm-hmm. um but then one of them has a secret mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil that <laughs> no i'm not going to spoil that either but yes yes <laughs> yes and then um let's go through your characters like you know who who is basil basil is kind of me there's a lot of um parts of me in the characters um mm-hmm. when i was first writing it i was definitely basil but as i was finished like as i was like drawing the book and like finishing it up i was i was definitely arabella <laughs> so it, it was interesting having to like put my own personality into the characters and see how they evolve throughout the story mm-hmm. um but basil is a uh very hardworking and very um what's the word working um totally um, escaped me but like uh wanting to like ambitious that's what okay yes yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, very ambitious. Um, she has, you know, these big dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arabella is someone who comes from a uh, famous chef family. Her mom is a famous uh, TV chef. Yes. Um, but Ar- uh, Arabella has to work through, you know, who she is. Yes. Outside of that as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have two friends. There's uh, Billy and then there's uh, Ar- uh, uh, Addie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... They're um they're all like just like best friends. They hung out and they have like a little bit of a backstory um towards the middle of the book as well. And that and we're not gonna spoil, but I love that backstory of how you know how they met and how they stuck. Yeah. Together. And that was that's really that's a very nice that's very nice. It's very touching. It's very touching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to go back a little bit to Basil because because the other thing with um because um because oregano. Her mom is this famous, you know, magical chef, and she's mm. got to live up to expectations. But Basil basically comes from, um, um, comes from, um, 
she really, like you said, she's ambitious, but she has to work to maintain her scholarship because, because her family's not well-to-do. They're not famous. Mm-hmm. You know, her dads are basically just working hard to try to keep, you know, to send her to the school, you know. Yeah. You know, and I, and it's kind of, it's kind of, I'm just as more as I talking about this, but it's always, but it's a nice balance to show that in this story especially for mm-hmm. for them to be at this prestigious school to show how much has got to be put in how much work has to be done how much ambition has to be put in because that and mm-hmm. i think and and i think i'll mention a little bit later on in my comments too that how it kind of affects her as well basil mm-hmm. yeah the pressure definitely affects them a lot yes so um now also too i want to talk about Cynthia. And mm-hmm. I love how you spelled her name with an X, X Y N T H I A. I love it. How, <laughs> did you how did you come up that with that spelling? Um, I, I, it's uh, it's kind of weird, but there's um, the Rugrats character and Angelica has a doll uh-huh. named C- Cynthia, but I always thought it was Cynthia when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so when I was thinking of like, you know, kind of like a snobby rich girl who you know needs to pick on other people to feel better about herself mm-hmm. that's like kind of like the first name that came to my mind but um but yeah i just thought it was i just thought it was a cool name <laughs> i well like i said it, it, i love the cool spelling because i'm like oh mm-hmm. man this is pretty awesome <laughs> this is real this is so cool this is really this is awesome um this is a dumb question now um you know um for your characters because it sounds like some of them are recipe ingredient. ingredient. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Originally, originally, um, I know especially uh, Billy and Addie were based off of uh, like herbs as well. Yes. Um, Billy, Billy was originally turmeric, and Addie was sage. Oh. So like I kind of kept that throughout their character designs and kind of throughout their like uh, like character like archetypes, like mm-hmm. having that like characteristic of the ingredient coming through in their character oh that i have to say that's pretty that is pretty cool that is pretty cool Mm -hmm. um did you also have fun coming up with some other names in the book like the portabella academy (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gram? Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know i kind of just have a lot of fun thinking of like funky little world building stuff like that but i thought like portabella is like it's like a port you know, it's the kind of a name of a town, but also, you know, a mushroom that's very famous in cooking. So I yes. thought it would just be silly and cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's pretty cool. And then now, um, now you've already mentioned that, you know, you have a dog. Now, mm-hmm. how much fun was it to include cute um, animal? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They're, they're familiars, are they? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magical now, beans. And then um, tomato is um, tomato is basil and oregano's um, kind of pet, right? Mm-hmm. It's a pet dog. Um, now, how, first off, how did you come up with tomato for the dog? The name tomato for the dog. I, I just I, I I since I do a lot of cooking myself, I do a lot of Italian cooking. Um, uh-huh. Every time I make a tomato-based sauce, I always use basil. I always use oregano, and I thought that like. The three of them together were just like this, like amazing, 
like combination. Um, and then tomato is also based off of my dog Kit. Yes. Um, he yeah. has that little like white stripe going up his nose. And yeah. He's kind of like a little bit of a smaller dog. He's like, um, he kind of looks like a little pit bull because my dog is like a part pit mix. Uh huh. Um, so he's based off of that as well. Oh, that's so cool. That is. Um, and then what was some of your inspiration in writing this story? Because um, I. I a lot of it has to do with my artistic growth. It's kind of like um, an allusion to being an artist as well, um, because I do a lot of cooking as like a hobby, mm-hmm. but art is like my main income. It's my main job. That's what yes. I do. And so I, I wanted to create a story that was uh, create like, um, what's the word? connection or something Mm -hmm. like that um between the two and those kind of like uh trouble troubleships that you go through um having to put the pressure on creativity basically oh yes that's right yeah no now now i i'm gonna i'm kind of going to jump ahead a little bit because um because basil kind of goes through a little bit um of that pressure on herself mm-hmm. or she's going, I need to, because you know, and I'm not going to, and I'm trying not to spoil the story, but there is a moment where she's going to, I, I need to keep doing this. And one of her, always her main focus is always, I got to study. I got to study. And her friends are going, Hey, why don't you just come out for a couple of, no, no, I got to study. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and something happens during um, one of the school's um, major tests, you know, something that triggers her, you know, to kind of like shut down and have, you know, and, and I, and we talked about it. And like I said, we don't have to talk about the scene and I don't want to talk about the scene because it kind of spoils it. But, but I love that scene where um she reaches out to, you know, some of her friends point, you talk to, you know, you need to talk to one of the teachers to help mm-hmm. you, you know, you know, did you want to comment more on that or explain a little bit more on that? Yeah, there's a a decent part of the book that talks about burnout. Um, And that's something that every artist, writer, any creative, you know, has been through. And a lot of it is because we put this like financial pressure on us to work as hard as we can. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to, you know, some very bad thoughts and Mm -hmm. that can prevent us from creating further. And that's something that I've faced many times in my career um to this day still and i wanted to address it in 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 a way that was like a part of the story as well yes because not only to like help myself process it but to help other people process it yes you know i'm going to say thank you very much for sharing sharing you know for sharing your to opening up yourself a little bit and sharing mm-hmm. you know what what you you know you have gone and you know, and sometimes continue to go through. I have to say that scene, this is off the cuff, and and that scene was very well written. It Thank felt you. very real. That's that's the thing I loved about it. It, it felt natural. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was very personal, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, no, but thank you very much. Yeah. Um correct me if I'm wrong, because when I was reading the story, I had a I had and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also had a sense that um, not only a story was a personal story for you, but 
But then also, too, it seemed like you were having a little bit of a fun because there was a little bit of a Harry Potter influence to the story. Am I a, wrong? A little part? bit. You know. A little bit. I, I'm definitely part of the generation that grew up in Harry Potter. Um, um, it definitely uh, fell off for me very quickly, but um, I did in very much enjoy the idea of like a magical boarding school. And yes. that was something that I also like explored in my webcomic Falconhurst. Oh, okay. um, it, it's just because like my, my generation grew up so much on like those books. Um, yes. I think I only read like the first three or four and I kind of just fell off, but mm-hmm. um but yeah, there's just something something about like a, like a magical community. Yes. Like that. Mm-hmm. But I I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I mm-hmm. you know, um just to be upfront, I I've never read any of the Harry Potter books and I'll just be honest, those things are too thick. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean the the text was pretty big on on the pages, but like once it started getting to like the fourth book, I was like, uh, uh-uh, that's too much. <laughs> this is too much. It definitely had like a certain kind of charm in like the first two or three books. Yeah. And it just like fell off basically. Oh, okay. To me at least. Mm-hmm. But now I want to talk about the art style. Um, I love the amazing art style in the book. I really love it. And the you Thank know, you. The reason the reason I love it is because it just looks like a cool anime movie. It mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it, you know, but it just looks like cool animated cells were just like taken from the movie and put in the book. And it was really natural. Um, I love it when, um, and I know we talked about a little bit before we did the interview was there's some, I, I love when um, there are some scenes where um, Oregano is talking to one of the teachers and you can see Basil in the background. She's a little bit blurred out, but you can see her and you still see the image behind them. Like, you know, it's almost like the camera focusing on the mm-hmm. foreground. That's what I love. Yeah, I do enjoy doing like uh, more cinematic, like quote unquote cinematic uh, yes. cuts from like panels and stuff. Like, because I I'd also do like illustration as well. I like to put in like a bunch of different lighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And talk. And that's right. Because the other thing I love about it, and you just, and thank you for saying that, it there's there's just certain panels, um, your large panels are just cinematic. Um, mm. uh, like, I, I think when, when we see the entrance of the Portobello Academy, where there, there's a two big staircases going up, and the lighting, the the sunlight coming through, you can see the shadows, you know, the different shades of shadows. Um, um, I, you know, some of the interior designs are amazing. I love it. Thank it's- you. That's really great. It is. Um, Thank you. I definitely leveled up a lot in my backgrounds working on this book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, there's one panel that sticks out to me. I'm going to try to describe it. It's, it's okay if you don't remember it, but there is one scene. I have a copy right here if you want to pull up the page number. Oh, I God. No, right I on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> but I have one... like a giant stack of books right here, and it's all... It's mostly manga, um, uh-huh. but it's also stuff that I've worked on, so I can be like, huh, what did this character look like? I, so I can have a <laughs> reference right here. <laughs> it's the one where Basil is walking out of their class. It's you know, it's a big hallway, and there's like, there's, there's you know, there's um, the students are walking, you know, walking either they're walk, there's background where they're walking to a class or they're walking, you know, away from class. Um, Was it this one? 
Yes. I'm sorry. I know, sorry, listeners. I know this is an audio, but yes, that's the one. I love it because I love the Thank color you. design on there too. Mm-hmm. And the lighting on that, that's just amazing, you know. Thank you. But yeah. yeah, that definitely comes from uh, my uh, colorist work because I've done a, quite a few series that I've colored as well, like just colored, mm-hmm. um, so that I'm able to like focus more on like how things pop like that. Mm-hmm. So that definitely came from that experience. But, oh my God, I love it. It's it's so stunning. It's really Thank you. great. Um, the other thing I love too, and I forgot to write this down, but I love it. The other thing about the anime style that I love is... Um, when you know when basil does the like she's gonna cry or she's um she has some type of emotional scene and it's like oh my god that that's from an animated series you know Mm -hmm. i just love you know the influence on it it's great Mm -hmm. that's one thing that always uh really drew drew me to anime and manga is like how much um how much like emphasis there is on like certain character expressions mm-hmm. and how a lot of uh, different kinds of expressions have come from anime and manga specifically that like a lot of people in like Western comics have also adapted. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I always found that very interesting. And like, I'm always finding like new manga to buy and like look at just because like of how that artist specifically does like just certain facial features. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Off the cuff question, I'm you know I know you've gone I I I read I think one of your I think it's from your website that I think you go to a lot of conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I I don't know about the conventions on the mainland, but have you ever um, meet any of the manga artists or anything like that? No, um, a lot of manga artists don't really uh do a lot of like uh North American shows um. There was uh, one artist I, I had a table um, next to at Emerald City last year. I forgot what her name was, but she did. Uh, she does like this little polar bear um, illustration, like has, has like little plushies and like little illustrations. Uh-huh. Um, she also did a couple of uh, Pokemon card illustrations. And I was a huge Pokemon card collector as a kid. Oh, so I was like totally dorking out and I was like, can you show me my card? Oh, uh, but she was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot what her name was, but um, she would do. She had somebody commission her to do um, like one of the traditional uh, brush brush stroke mm-hmm. illustrations on like a huge scroll. She like we had six foot tables. She like laid it out, yes. and then she just like drew this amazing landscape, just like no sketching, just kind of like it was yes. amazing to watch. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> All right, so. Melissa, as I mentioned before the interview, you're going to have to forgive me because I'm just an old comic book fan. (laughs) And we're not going to go to the thousand year thing, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think this story is cute. I I really love it. And what I really love about the story is that it deals with relationships on different level, on a a Mm -hmm. personal level, on an inner on a inner you know um on a personal level friendship level even um levels with um dealing with parents as well mm-hmm. mentor and mentee that was also something that i wanted to bring to the oh, table as well yes that's right and also too um also too and i love how um you also brought in the aspect of <clears throat> the outside pressures we put on ourselves 
to make mm-hmm. sure that we succeed, to make sure we have to do, we have to make sure we, we you know, we're on top. We have to make sure mm-hmm. we get this thing done. And and I just, again, I love how you brought that into the book and how it, it was, uh, how it was shown that, you know, Basil faced burned out and how mm-hmm. she, and literally how she went through the, and that's the other thing I love too, is that I think it was like about maybe two pages to show what kind of burnout she went through, <laughs> mm-hmm. how did it affect her. It was, a, it, that was a real nice way of showing the burnout. It was a very, yeah. unique, you know, again, I don't want to spoil it for, you know, for listeners, but I just thought that was great. And then again, how she, you know, how she was talking to a teacher about burnout. I thought that was, that was really great. The other thing I also um, liked about the, the story too, that it's about grace and it's also about respecting not only yourselves, but other people as well too. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, like I said, I just, it's a great story. I'm sorry. I keep saying cute. But... <laughs> I mean, it is cute. I do. I do like, I do like cute stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You can't see it right now, but behind my computer screen, I have shelves of stuffed animals in my office. <laughs> um, so listeners, um, like I, as I mentioned, I I read the um fan base the fan base press article. There is a picture of one of your shelves with the um, stuffed animals, and it's a, it's mm-hmm. a certain character, right, that you like. Are are you it's okay? Rila Kuma. Okay, now you got for okay. <laughs> yes, listeners. Yes, I am half Japanese. I, <laughs> You gotta explain to me what that is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Rilakkuma like roughly translates to relaxing bear, and he's just like a fat, lazy bear who likes to eat snacks and sleep all day. And <laughs> I think I think it's a good it's a good uh, like personal inspiration because like you work so hard, you know, sometimes you just gotta lay on the couch and eat snacks and play video games. But I yeah. just think Rilakkuma is like super cute, and they just have like a bunch of like ridiculous little stuffed animals games and stationery i just collect it like crazy <laughs> no but that's but that's pretty cool that really mm-hmm. is and and then also i'm sorry because again i just because there's you you have an amazing anime collection because i can see on your shelf back there there's yeah some other anime stuff too mm-hmm. so cool off the cuff since question, i go to a, sorry <laughs> no go ahead since I do a lot of like conventions, I do a lot of shopping at conventions because, yeah. you know, I get bored and I want to walk around and I do a lot of like purchasing stuff. So, yeah, I do collect like anime figures and the little little toys and all that stuff. So I do have a, a collection. <laughs> no, but that's pretty cool. Um, Actually, I'm going to hold off a couple questions towards the uh, the towards a fun question and part. So, Melissa, since the book is titled Basil and Oregano. You know, I have to ask this question. Actually, you've already answered that. You you are a chef in the kitchen that you do as a hobby. So, yes. Yeah, as a hobby. <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> off-the-cuff question. I know we talked about that you make some, you make spaghetti a lot. What other, um, what other, what is your other famous dishes that you love to make? Um, I do really enjoy making curry because I have like a couple of different spices that I like to use. Um, I use like the pack. It's just like the, the box pack of like the golden Japanese curry. Yes. Um, but then I always add like a bunch of different things. We have like these like chili jars and we have uh, different curries that I've gotten from around um, different stores. And I definitely love using like the different mixtures. 
nice. and it's just so filling and it's so warm and it's just like a very good comfort dish. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to ask. So how did you, um, how did you team up with Dark Horse for this book? Um, so I uh, originally was uh, pitched, pitching this story to agents so that I could have, you know, someone to like facilitate that uh, communication between me and publishers um, and also to have the uh, resources that agencies have of like reviewing um, contracts and like making sure everything is fair and making sure everything is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, that's just like something that's pretty standard uh, if you want to do like graphic novels. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um you kind of need to have an agent to, you know, be able to pitch to these larger publishers so that you can get into like what is considered like traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pitched it to the agent and um, I ended up uh, signing with, um, <clears throat> sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I ended up pitching to um, Laurel, who is my current agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and she absolutely loved it. She, you know, we talked on the phone. She's like, I love this. You know, do you want to, be my client and I was I thought that was amazing so yes assigned and so that we started to um refine the story I redid the pitch pages and then um uh, we did pitch it around but Dark Horse picked it up and they they really enjoyed it and they wanted to they wanted to publish it so I thought that was really cool oh Dark Horse was one of my uh dream publishers in art school oh that's so that is so cool yeah (laughs) that is so cool that is that is really nice. Now, um, do you want to give a shout out to um to the rest of your creative team? Yeah, um, Brett Israel was my uh, main editor uh, mm-hmm. throughout the whole process, and he, you know, um, he he was pretty hands off because like he he wanted the story, he loved the story as is, and wanted to make sure it was preserved. But um, he was always good at like you know pointing like small things out, and uh, was always like really really chill when I needed to push the t- the deadline a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, Sarah, my colorist and letterer is also my girlfriend. So oh, okay, um, yes. major shout out to her. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but yes, that, thank you very much. Because I, because when I saw Sarah colorist, I was kind of going, you know, I was like, I, I, I was kind of going, I, I, I think that's your girlfriend. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and please, if you want to comment on this, because I love, in the opening pages that you mentioned that Sarah is the basil to your oregano. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Do you, I, yeah. do you want to add any, I'm just asking, do you want to add anything to that or? Um, so me and Sarah, we actually went to art school together. We graduated together in the same major and we met in our senior year, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And we've been dating pretty much since then inseparable. Um, but um, after we graduated, I, main t- I, I like went full-time as an illustrator and she uh has like a day job that she works at an office mm-hmm. and so she w- was very frustrated because she wasn't like able to create as much and I asked her if she wanted to help out with the book and she was like yes please <laughs> I need to do creative stuff so she did uh she did the flat colors for a lot of pages and she also did the lettering and before this book she had never lettered ever she like hardly knew anything about books like lettering comic books at all uh-huh. So I got her a copy of Nate Picos's book, mm-hmm. like lettering for comics. She uh-huh. like picked it up, flipped through, and then just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Was an amazing letterist. So that was really cool. She did an amazing job. That's so cool. That is so cool that you guys, because it, it, now this is me saying it's kind of nice because it, 
Basil and Oregano story kind of sort of almost sort of almost mirrored your guys' relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I think like I mentioned in the beginning, I I I was Basil, but then yes. now I'm now I'm Arabella. And mm-hmm. I think pretty much my girlfriend is Basil. So like, mm-hmm. they're they have similar personalities. So I think I was writing about her the whole time, like subconsciously. <laughs> yeah. Because but... she also talks to Poe, her plant, in, in the book, and my girlfriend collects plants. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that I, that mm-hmm. that's that is so cool. Now, um is Kit running around behind you? <laughs> I, I heard a meow. I didn't think the cat was in my office, but I oh, guess like she you is. have a, Oh, you have a cat too? What's your cat's name? Yeah, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think Rosemary is probably going. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Just keep going. Don't spoil it. <laughs> She's probably like, "Why are you talking so loud? I'm trying to sleep." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, off the cuff question: Will we see more of um, Basil and Oregano? um stories maybe okay um <laughs> i have you... talked to my agent uh, i i can't say anything like oh, for yeah. certain now but um i have talked to my agent about a potential sequel mm-hmm. um and uh she said uh most publishers like to hold off until yeah. they see how the first book sells so we're, we're gonna kind of wait for a little bit but i definitely have a lot of stories that were part of like previous drafts that yes. maybe i want to implement um, there's also maybe some merchandise that I wanted to look into getting made for the book. I wanted to get a little tomato plush. Oh um, my some enamel God. pins. Yes. I thought I thought like a, a sweater would be really cool, like Portobello Academy. Yeah. Really cute. <laughs> but yeah. I, I hope there's more in the future. I have I had a lot of comments saying uh that they people would love to see it as like an animated series or like a movie. And yes. I thought that was absolutely cool. I would love to see that. So if anybody from Netflix is listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm going to say, I think, I think it would really work well as an animated series, but if it becomes a movie, mm-hmm. that's good too. Um, yeah. Sorry. Another off the cuff question I'm just thinking about was I'm just asking is um, if you can't say anything, that's fine. But are there any plans to translate it into Japanese? Um, I'm not really certain uh, about any translations so far. Um, I think it's mostly North America for now, but mm-hmm. I think it would be really cool to see it in, in Japanese and any other language. Honestly, I think it would just be like amazing to think that, yes. you know, on any other part of the world, like somebody could read my book. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then I'm going to ask, you know, um, do you have um, anything else lined up that you're working on that if you can talk about? Yeah, um, I can talk about a few. I am currently, um, since I was colored for the Dog Knight for Macmillan, mm-hmm. um, the writer for that is Jeremy Whitley. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout the process, Jeremy Whitley noticed that my art would be good for another upcoming project that he's working on with, uh, that he's writing with Ben Kahn. Um, so I'm working on a graphic novel with uh, him, Ben Kahn, and uh, with uh, uh, Anathenium from uh, Simon & Schuster. Okay. Um, it's called... It's called the Dashing School for Wayward Princes, and it's about uh, it has a trans main character. Um, it's mm-hmm. about toxic masculinity, and mm-hmm. I'm currently thumbnailing it. And it's it's such a cute story. I've cried multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Whitley is a great writer. Like yes. I absolutely love his writing. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna sl- I'm slowly wrapping things up. You've already talked about one convention moment um, at Emerald City at Emerald uh, City Comic Con. Do you have any other favorite convention moment? 
whether as a uh, fan or as a creator? Uh, I mostly only go as a creator now. Um, mostly just because like I don't like crowds, so I like to sit behind the table mm -hmm. away from the crowds. <laughs> no. But um, I think a cool moment a couple years ago, I got a signed copy of um Mikey Way's uh, graphic novel with C two. Mm -hmm. I got to meet him. I got him to sign the comic, and I like gave him like a little sketchbook of mine that I had printed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got to meet him, and that was pretty cool. I'm sorry, you said it wasn't. That was Mikey Way, was that correct? Mikey Way, yeah, Gerard okay. Way's brother. Oh, okay. Now that's the perfect <laughs> segment because I was kind of going, wait a minute, mm -hmm. wait a minute. That's the perfect <laughs> segue because mm -hmm. in the fan base article, you said that you have a playlist. And mm -hmm. sometimes you have My Chemical Romance. Okay, so mm -hmm. you met, so you just only met um, Gerard Way's brother at a at a con then. You've never met Gerard yeah. Way. No, I don't think Gerard has done uh, any conventions in quite a few years. I'm not sure, like, ever since the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy uh, Netflix premiere. Uh, yeah. Um, but I do hope he does some sometime soon, because that would be really cool. Uh, I, I, I think it's, like, super cool that, like... Uh, a member of a band that I listened to growing up and like loved is now a comic book writer. Yes. So I keep thinking like it would be amazing if I could draw something for him. Like that would be that would be super cool. <laughs> That'd be but nice. maybe someday. I did I did see my chemical romance live last year. So technically oh. have seen it in person. <laughs> okay, all right. That's so cool. <laughs> um um do you when so you when when's your next um convention appearance or do you have a store signing appearance coming up? Like in the end of August or September? Um, at the end of August, I think not this weekend, but the weekend after, I will be in Indianapolis at Indie PopCon. Mm -hmm. Um, and then mid-October I'll be at New York Comic Con. I have talked to Dark Horse about doing a signing at New York Comic Con, so hopefully I should have a signing there. Oh, that's gonna be nice. That's good. and then you yeah. can pick up your hard copy of Cristobal from Erica, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh Erica Schultz has a table, so I definitely I'll definitely be stopping by. Oh, that's I met her very, very briefly uh, at the last New York Comic Con. She didn't have a table, but she was a panelist. And she was like making her way through like super quickly. And like, yeah. you know, the crowds are great. So she popped in. She's like, oh, my gosh. Hi. Here, you know, I'm Erica Schultz. And bye. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's nuts there. It's it's very nuts. Mm -hmm. But it's a fun show. Uh, OK. Um, couple more questions. Have you and your family been to Hawaii? No, but I think I would very much love to. I, I am a big nature buff and mm -hmm. I think I think volcanoes are the coolest thing. Um like I, I, I was always like a big nerd of like geology and like mm -hmm. um like marine life and stuff like that. So I think it'd be amazing. I'm gonna say I think um going to the big island would be the perfect place for you to go. It mm, it's yeah. gonna be, yeah. You know, it I think you would love it there, you know. Mm -hmm. I oh, think so too it's definitely like a once in a lifetime thing like you have to do mm -hmm. just because of like the beautiful nature and like the the wonderful culture and like I'd love to visit and then um off the cuff actually I'm not um I you know since you love anime stuff since hopefully someone invites you to a convention down here because yeah, we I hope have so. our... I heard uh what, what is your major convention there we have Th we have three major ones. Kawaii Con wow. is, is the um, more of the animated convention, mm. you know. Um, so um, and I, I know, like you said, New York is crazy. It's because I, I've never been to any of the conventions on the mainland, but I've seen pictures where it's like sometimes mm. it's really packed, 
you know. Oh, it's it gets packed. You know, but I mean, but our conventions down here, like KawaiCon, is the major anime conventions where we have voice actors, not only mm. from you know from mainland, but I think from Japan as well too. And I, I oh cool, want to say I think sometimes they'll bring over Japanese um, anime or manga artists as well too. That's um, cool. Yes, and then the thing is, usually the attendees are roughly. It, it's not crazy pack. It, it's it's crowded, but you can move around. You know, yeah. it's not like you move left, you bump into something. You move right, you bump into somebody. It's not that packed. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's easy. And 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 um and if you need space to like, okay, this is a little too much. You can always walk outside, or you can find something along the wall where there's not too many people just sitting down, just chilling mm-hmm. out. For a little bit. You yeah know. yeah some shows like especially for me like i get really overwhelmed and like i bring my girlfriend sarah along with me too and she gets very easily overwhelmed like mm-hmm. we can't go to costco on saturday because no. she just gets so overwhelmed well, so no, um, but, conventions are tough for her no but but you know again i'm the old guy so yeah what you know it's like oh god the crowds you know (laughs) especially now since after 2020 but like even before 2020 like i would get sick constantly after big shows sorry yeah it's a lot better now that there's at least some masking but like yeah um i remember the last c2e2 of Mm -hmm. like 2020 which was like the week before everything shut down yes i got so sick it wasn't covid i had like some sort of like really bad like ear infection Uh like like I was just like a huge fever, just so sick. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Haven't been that sick since though, so that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the other, the other major conventions is um, we just had our um, Comic Con Honolulu. It's mm. run by the same. It's run by the same organizers as Kauai Con, and um, they just put out the numbers of how much people attended. Um, this year's convention it's the it's the first time in three years that they had it back so it's like it's wow. like um like seven thousand six hundred attendees so again it's not not, yeah it's not bad um you know i mean literally you can go up to the table and we had big name stars like mark wade howard chaiken carl potts kevin no you can walk up to the table and literally talk to mark wade for five minutes yeah there's no line you know, mm-hmm. maybe someone was you know, like one or two people stand behind you and it's like, okay, yeah, I got to finish my conversation. Yeah. But you can, but the thing is you can always circle back. Like if it's, if there's no one at this table, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially as like a creator, like I have difficulty doing that too. It shows. Cause like there's a person who is literally my hero, like an aisle down and I yes. really want to talk to them, but they have a huge line and I don't yes. want to impede on that, but also I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing too is that with this with um, Comic Con Honolulu, what's really nice too, is um, like like you said, if you want to go talk to a creator, you know, because you're a creator, you want to go talk to that person. I mean, you can. It's there's time. You can go there. You can walk up. You know, um, you know. Matter of fact, at this last convention, Carl Potts was talking to Howard Chaikin, and they were there for like maybe maybe about 10, 15 minutes without being interrupted. And that's yeah. pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. It really, it's it's really nice. Yeah. Um, and then also to um, and like at Kauai Con, Comic Con Honolulu, and the third major one is Amazing Comic Con Hawaii. Um, um, you know, 
if you want to look for anime stuff, your, you know, um, items and so forth, usually, you know, you know, you will have this vendors, same vendors at each show, basically. Mm-hmm. I think Kawaii may be a little bit different. I think there's more that, I think some of them probably go there, you know, there'll be probably a little bit more vendors there to cater to the mm-hmm. anime, you know. Um, I know, but... I know a couple of artists, I, I, Kawaii sounds familiar. I know a couple of artists who have done that show before. Ah, okay. And then um, Amazing Comic Con is the one, is the one, that one, that, they come in February. Mm-hmm. And um, they're the one that really bring down the, um, the, literally, like the, um, the writers and the, the artists that are really, you know, are popular now. They're the ones that bring mm-hmm. them down. So, yeah. But again, it's like, I think that one they draw maybe, 10 to 15,000 but again it's not you're not bumping into people mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but yeah but i would definitely love to go to a show down there sometime yeah hopefully I get invited <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yeah so um and what was i gonna say um and, and i'm just i'm just saying you know if you and sarah decide to come down for vacation Kauai Con is in april Comic-Con Honolulu is in August. Amazing Comic-Con Hawaii is in February. Even if you guys want to come down, you know, you can always, of course, you can, you know, because you guys know what days are pretty good. Like, you know, Friday's opening days. Mm -hmm. It's not too crazy. You know, Saturdays, yeah, yeah, it gets a little busy. And then Sunday kind of peters out. But so the crowds are not too crazy. It's not, it's Mm -hmm. not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, Fridays and Sundays are like if I'm attending is usually the days that I go because it's more relaxed. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, Melissa. All right, final question. Um, any closing words to our listeners? Um, uh, please check out Basil and Oregano. It is on Amazon, or if you have a Barnes and Noble, it should be in Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, please give it a read and let me know what you think. Yes, Melissa. Mahalo. Thank you in Hawaiian. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, oh, thank you very much for giving me the advanced um, copy. Yeah, no worries. I love, like I said, I love the story. The art is great. Oh, it's, it's great. And the colors, the lighting, it's very, it's really good. Thank um, you. Um, if you, if you want, if you have like a, an address you want to email me, I can send you a physical copy. I have like three boxes here. But- <laughs> No, no. Um, I have I have plenty of copies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and I want to wish you all the success with ba- basil and oregano. And Thank and I'm, you. I know you couldn't say anything, but I'm hoping to see li- more stories. You know, from me too. Yeah. So, now, listeners, if you are a new comic book fan or a lifelong comic book fan, please check out basil and oregano. You know, it's a cute story. I you know it. And I love it because it's about young people dealing with different levels of relationships from romantic, parental to friendship. Um, and, and even, and unfortunately, even um, dealing with um, people that you don't like, um, you know, and also too, it, it deals with, um, it also deals with um, the outside pressures that we put on ourselves. And also it's about knowing who we are um, and, and, and like I, and I love it too. The other thing I love about it too is it's also about grace and respect as well. Um, and as you guys heard, the art 
is amazing. I love it. It's in, it's amazing. Thank you. I want to thank Drew, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out um, new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listeners. Oh, my God. I almost forgot to thank Erica. Erica, thank you very much for having a hand in um, um, in getting this um, interview all set up. So, Erica, thank you very much. And again, listeners, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Our LCS is Cowabunga Comics out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. And their mail order company, Deep Discount Comics. Um, and we went there and, and we were actually invoice number 0001. We, are the, we were the very first, <laughs> their very first customer. Um, which was kind of cool. They've been nothing short of fantastic. Customer service-wise, discounts, they were very close, if not the same or better than DCBS on a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. Over and above, uh, customer service-wise, always taking care of us, going the extra mile. So responsive, getting instantaneous uh, responses back to uh, questions about things to the point where knowing the stuff you like and anticipating your needs and having it suggested that you might want to add this to your order already uh, before you even have to think about about it that's kind of cool really quality experience so we we love working with cowabunga and deep discount and that's why they're in our show notes every single episode and have been for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes that Mm -hmm. we leave them there because we like them. They're cool, good people. That's why they're in there. By God, they'd tell you to, if you've got a local comic book shop that you love, stay with them because everybody needs to support their local comic shops. But if you're looking, check them out. You can check them out in, in the show notes. There's plenty of ways to get a hold of them. Either get on their list just so you can check and see what kind of FOC and pre-order stuff they have and the discounts, and they'll send it to you um, each month, get you on that email list. And you can check out their shop because they have a great shop of exclusive Cowabunga mm-hmm. variants. Amazing stuff. Yes, they've always been there for us, and we take them for granted. So there you go. Now you, now you know. <laughs>